0: Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier Counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press' is Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News' is Adam Fisher.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football podcast. I'm News Press sports reporter Adam Regan and I'm joined as always or most of the time hmm. by Naples Daily News sports reporter Adam Fisher. Fisher, how's it going, man?
2: I'm feeling pretty good, guys. If I seem a little bit more relaxed and at home this week, it's cuz we are in my territory. Adam Regan has come down to my house.
1: The at palatial studios at of Naples the Naples News. Daily News. Normally
2: yes. we record this podcast at the Fort Myers News Press in downtown Fort Myers. Now we are in North Naples at Naples Daily News. Regan, how do you feel being on, on my turf this week?
1: Oh, it's beautiful here. This building is fantastic. The air is more crisp. It smells great here. Well, we have, I like it.
2: We have beautiful sports riders, so we needed a beautiful building. That's what they told me when they built it. So. Indeed, indeed.
1: Yes. We go, we're getting into week eight here
2: yes and uh first i want to go back to week seven i uh, even i don't really want to go back well, to week off seven. the clock you and i were kind of conversing on saturday i gave you some crap for your uh, pick on ecs but you didn't even want even want to talk about ecs last week versus uh, saint john newman and newman not only did they make it a good game they won and since i since found out last week that we do have many newman listeners i think you owe them an apology
1: yeah i do um Uh, I'm going to turn to our producer, Andrew Melendez. Andrew, can we get some uh, sentimental music that kind of shows remorse? Because I'm going to break into an apology here. Yes, I apologize to all our St. John Newman listeners. Uh, I had ECS blowing you guys out, and uh, you guys came back, and you won that game. So I apologize First, uh, I want to apologize about my comment about the St. John Newman offense. I was wondering how it would work without Jensen Jones. Their quarterback, Mike Joyce, filled in admirably. I, I think he scored two touchdowns on the ground and threw one. He, he scored the game winner.
2: Threw one to Daniel DeSantis. The game winner was 37. So it was, a, it was a really good game. But is this more a factor of we've kind of overhyped ECS? I mean, is it time to look in the mirror and say maybe the, the Sentinels – just aren't that good. Well,
1: I doubted a Damon Jones coach team to go on the road and upset a team in a big game. I was wrong. And subconsciously, I was thinking when I was saying that in the back of my head, uh, Damon Jones teams, they do they do perform well as underdogs because I remember a district championship basketball game that he coached with oh, Riverdale. Wow. Uh, they were... Underdogs against Northport, they hadn't won a district championship in 28 years. Wait, did he coach the basketball team? Yes, he did. He did. I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Damon, people never forget, man. I remember that. And yeah, and I I was hating on the St. John Newman schedule uh, that they didn't play anyone. I'm not going to apologize for that because they still haven't played anyone. Because. I think, as you said to me in a text message this weekend, I think it's time to start talking about ECS, and maybe they're not that good. And credit
2: also to St. John Newman's defense, because they shut them out in the second half. ECS scored, their only score was on a punt return. I haven't seen the stats from the game. I haven't seen what ECS's offense actually did, but why is it not clicking the way that uh, we assumed it would, or the way it has in in some games this year? Like, What did they score on LaBelle, 50 points or something like that? Yeah, 58 or something like that.
1: I think it comes down to the play up front on the offensive line. They've got all these great skill players, and I think the offensive line really hasn't caught up. And if they're not making any holes, it's it's tough for those kids to run. It's tough for RJ to get some time to throw the ball. And I think St. John Newman was really ready for them.
2: Yeah, they were ready, and they're uh, looking to make a, a big push. They've won three in a row, I believe, um, as the playoffs get closer, which we'll talk about a little later. I want to go to a team that I was wrong on. Paul Meadow Ridge, and I think everyone was. I was at their game, Golf Coast at Palmetto Ridge, and I was expecting to see the Palmetto Ridge team we've seen all year so far, the team that had one offensive touchdowns in five games, and I was blown away. I mean, literally stunned that Palmetto Ridge just had their way with Golf Coast, and their offense looked great. Part of it was they had their quarterback back, Evan Rodriguez, and I asked Coach Chris Token and afterwards, like, how much of a difference does that make? And he says, well, you go from a uh, seasoned veteran like Evan Rodriguez started last year, and he's coming back replacing a freshman, a kid that was in middle school a few months ago. No disrespect to Hosea Booker, who was filling in at quarterback, but that's just tough to do against 6A opponents. So he comes in. Jaden Booker, their running back, who's also a freshman, he's Hosea's uh, twin brother, looked phenomenal. 201 yards two touchdowns, I mean, they rolled. And their defense, of course, was good as we expected.
1: And we had a Comante Grimes sighting, too. We did. Yeah, uh, you know, one of the Big top Camonte prospects Grimes. in uh, Lee and Collier County. Five receptions, 131 yards, including a 77-yard yeah. touchdown. It makes all the difference in, a wor- in the world when you got Rodriguez back to deliver the ball to their primetime player. Well,
2: and, and that was the uh, critique some people said to me. Like, Paul Ritz has all these athletes, but they can't get the ball to him, and that just comes from being inexperienced on offense. Well, you have Rodriguez back and that 77-yard was perfectly placed. I mean, Grimes, with this speed, got right behind the defense, and Rodriguez put it right on him. The other touchdown he had was a 20-yarder, dropped it uh, in his arms in the corner of the end zone. So, two very nice touchdown passes, and the defense, man, if you haven't seen it, go on to naplesnews.com sports slash Prep zone. Find that Palmetto Ridge video because Gene Perez made one of the best high school interceptions I've ever seen. He was maybe five yards in front of the line of scrimmage, and the uh golf coast quarterback threw a rocket into the end zone. Perez leaps up and grabs it with his two hands, which is darn near impossible when it's coming that hard and you're that close. Intercepts it, keeps him out of the end zone, shuts him out, three interceptions for the Palmetto Ridge defense. They were legit, and I think it's going to be a fantastic game when they play Immokalee this week.
1: Palmetto Ridge, playoff hopes probably not there, huh?
2: Well, and I asked uh, Coach Chris Token about that, said, you know, what are you thinking now? Is is this something where you think, you know, you can kind of make a run at a wild-card berth? And he said, man, we were just worried about getting that first W, you know. Um, but I think they have a, a pretty decent schedule coming up in terms of teams that you beat them. Maybe you finish 5-5. Five and five. you got to win over Immokalee. you got to win over um, Baron Collier. So I, I don't know. We'll have they, to wait until they play those...
1: Port Charlotte to end the year.
2: Right. And that, I and mean, that's get a, a win there, I mean,
1: that's worth some points, right? So all four of the teams left on
2: their schedule have winning records, except Immokalee's 3-3 three and three now. Um, so none of them have losing records. Yeah, and then maybe if somebody knocks off Naples, you're talking about uh, contending for a district championship. Is, is that a little crazy? Is that a little, <laughs> little a too lot. soon that's to be talking lot about that? a crazy. <laughs> that's not going to happen. Well, either way, sets up a lot of good district games coming up this week, and we're going to break them down coming up in the second segment when we come back.
0: Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices.
2: Welcome back, everyone, into the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. We're going to break down some games in week eight. Only four weeks left in the regular season, only three weeks left in district play, and we have some big district games coming up. Let's start up north Dunbar at North Fort Myers. Two teams that both think they can and should win a district championship, two teams. Thinking about getting an at-large berth, and Adam Regan is shaking his head. Why is he shaking his head?
1: Because they're not going to win a district championship because both of them have lost to ah. Fort Myers. And Fort Myers can really clinch a district championship with a win over Eastleigh County, which is a kind of a foregone conclusion. Wow. So these, this Dunbar and North Fort Myers team, they are shooting for one of those at-large berths and. That Region 4, which is stacked with teams from South Florida. So it's going to be tough. So I think that this might be a must-win game for both of these squads. Dunbar's coming off that loss to Fort Myers, where they lost 16-6, to and... Really, they really couldn't get anything going offensively except for one drive at the end of the second half where they got their six points. Davion Palmer kind of led them down the field, but it was nothing doing in the second half. You know, they punted four times, and Fort Myers kind of just overpowered them. And I think it was a good game for the Dunbar defense. Holding Fort Myers to 16 points, they really made them work, but they're going to have to find some offense somewhere. Yeah. And I think it's going to have to happen this week because North Fort Myers, they've found their offense. They they have a little bit more balance now. I was talking to uh, one of the North Fort Myers coaches a couple weeks ago, and they said they were a little disappointed that uh, I was kind of bagging on them not having a passing game. And they're right, and they really showed me against... Yep. Ida Baker, where you know they had some balance. Parker Odell threw for almost 200 yards, and he also ran for 183 yards as well. So if they can run and pass against Dunbar, again a very athletic defense, some big guys in the middle, I think that they can come out on top in this one. But this is going to be a close game.
2: So one of my favorite podcasts I listen to is uh, called "Part of My Take" by Barstool Sports. Very satirical and funny, but uh, they have a uh, every Sunday they call it a "Loser Goes Home" match. Is this a lo- our loser leaves town match? That's, so a, that's an Dunbar old that's an old WWF. At, term. I know, yeah. but they use it in terms of football. Dunbar at North Fort Myers. So you think the loser is done? You think uh, no playoffs for the loser?
1: Now it's very hard to predict this RPI system. Yeah, we, and HSA let's say have. we'll
2: know a lot more as you are listening to this. The uh, FHSAA RPI rankings will have been out. We are recording this Tuesday morning before those are released, so we don't know them as of yet.
1: My math, my uh, you know, very amateur math. I'm looking at the strength of schedule for both Dunbar and North Fort Myers, and Dunbar has a pretty good strength of schedule. North Fort Myers kind of doesn't. Kind of, They're kind of in the same boat as South Fort Myers. The strength of schedule isn't great, so they're going to have to win, win, win to, to get into the playoffs because the strength of schedules from these teams over in South Florida, the Miami Centrals, the yeah. Dillards, Miami New Orleans, they're, they're some of the toughest strength of schedules in the state. So I think if you do the math with the RPI, those teams might have an edge on North Fort Myers and South Fort Myers.
2: Yep, I think you're right. Let's look at uh, another big district game: Lehigh at Riverdale in a rivalry game. Regan loves it. I think it's kind of a silly name. The I'm gonna ring your bell. Uh, rivalry names should not have pronouns in them. It should not, not have the word "I." It's in not
1: a, a rivalry in Lee County. It's the rivalry. The rivalry. This is bigger. It's than, the best game of the year.
2: Okay, I don't know about this year when you got two
1: teams. With I don't many, care how you, many wins combined. Uh, uh, yeah, throw out the record books. <laughs> exactly that. That's this game. It doesn't matter that Riverdale's having a season to forget this year. I mean, they just lost to Golden Gate last week, and Lehigh. We're talking about strength of schedule, and Lehigh probably has the best strength of schedule of any team in. Yeah, the they in played Collier some County. some dogs. They played some tough dudes. So but Lehigh actually has hopes of a district championship. I mean, if they yeah. win this Riverdale game, that October 25th game against Gulf Coast is going to be the de facto district championship game, and Lehigh could is, could be playing for a home playoff game. they got to get past Riverdale first, which I think that this game is Riverdale season. Yeah, for sure. The, this A win here would kind of take everybody's mind off the losses, the injuries, the other issues that are going on with the program. A win here could cure all ills.
2: And let's be fair. First off, this is a Class 7A district. There's only four teams: Lehigh, Riverdale, Gulf Coast, Northport. Therefore, you have three district games. Just because Riverdale lost, if they beat Lehigh, Lehigh comes out and beats Gulf Coast, or maybe Gulf Coast loses to Northport, it's possible. You know, this the, the, an automatic playoff berth is not out of the question for Riverdale if they win this game, and because then they play Northport and they should beat Northport. You never know what's going to happen, so it's very important for them.
1: Yeah, North, Northport, we were just talking before the show started. Them, they got their first win last week, so yep. maybe Northport's on the come-up. Um, maybe that would be a tougher game for Riverdale than we think. I think this game is going to really come down to the play up front, and Lehigh's offensive line really hasn't been getting the job done. Maybe they have as of late because they played Naples tough, they beat Northport by a lot, and they played Charlotte tough last week. So I think maybe that the offensive line could be coming together. The offensive line at Riverdale is always tough. But if Lehigh's offensive line can create some holes for freshman Richard Young, who's just been going off lately, yeah. I mean, he's kind of living up to the hype so far. I think that this game could get out of hand. But I'm thinking in the pick segment that we could defer on this one, maybe.
2: Well, what I will tell you now is that Lehigh and Palmetto Ridge, two 1-in-5 teams that are not 1-in-5 teams. They're very much better than those records. So let's move on to an undefeated team playing a, a traditionally strong program, Bishop Vareau is hosting Delray Beach American Heritage, and Regan apologized at the top of the show. To Newman, I'm going to apologize to Vareau because I picked you guys to lose to Mooney, and you beat the tar out of them. Uh, so good for you. Congratulations. Um, but can they beat American Heritage, Mr. Regan?
1: I will say this. I was right last week about something. I said that... Um Cardinal Mooney probably going to score two touchdowns on Verro, and I know they probably didn't like that. But guess what happened? They, they scored did. two touchdowns <laughs> they on them. Did. I expect American Heritage to fare okay as well against the road defense. This American Heritage team is pretty good. They're not the Plantation American Heritage, which is the number one team in five A, but they're a very they're a very good three A or four A team. Sorry, and their losses this year were to undefeated. Class 8A power Vero Beach, and it was a close game. It was 7-3, to and then they also lost to Class 4A state-ranked Fort Lauderdale Cardinal Gibbons. I think they're the number two team in 4A. So this Stallions team is averaging 430 yards per game. Mm. They're very talented, and it's kind of like uh, the irresistible force meets the immovable, immovable object. object. We're doing all the sports I mean, cliches yeah, today. Yeah, because you have a great offense meeting up against one of the best defenses in the state, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, and this Verro team—they've definitely earned all their accolades. But Verro's offense starting to cook with gas as well. You got Jacob Azizi who threw for four touchdowns last week, and then you yeah, have probably the most dangerous weapon in Southwest Florida, in Malik Curtis. Kids return five kicks for touchdowns. Yeah, stop kicking to him. Come on, yeah, guys. Yeah, please <laughs> stop kicking to Malik Curtis. Actually, I'd love to see if they. Well, kept, that, yeah, I'd love to see if they keep kicking them. That's Malik some Curtis, free advice to American Heritage.
2: I will say, this is where the schedule picks up. We thought it was last week. Cardinal Mooney turned out not to be as good as I thought they were. Or maybe Bishop Rowe is just a lot better than we thought they were. But American Heritage, then Tampa Catholic, University School, North Fort Myers. Although, all of those games are at home except for North Fort Myers. That helps the Vikings a lot. So it, it starts to get a lot tougher, but you can also bolster that playoff standing. Let's dip on down to Collier County, the oldest rivalry in Collier County, the fourth longest continuous rivalry in Collier County. Layley at Naples, the Coconut Bowl. First off, I'm going to correct myself. The oldest rivalry in Collier County is Naples and but they have not played continuously. So
1: you did, you made the same mistake on the podcast last year. I remember. It's you just easy that.
2: to say the oldest, even though it's definitely not true. It's the oldest rivalry in Naples because Amakley is not in Naples. It's in Amakley. So there you go. The Fair Coconut enough. Bowl, Laley man, in a loss last week. Looked good. Lost 16-3 to to a team that was averaging 66 points, 61 points, something like that. They'd given up 14 points all season. I mean, Laley has a defense. They got some dudes, but can they slow down uh, the Golden Eagles? That is the question. Naples coming off a bye week, a little bit more rested. We saw against Baron Collier what Naples does to district opponents. Bill Kramer says we put all our emphasis into district games. Non-district games, obviously you want to win, but it's not the same amount of time and effort. You can't do that for every game. You burn yourself out, and they've been seeing what Laylee's doing. They know Laylee's 4-2. Did you know the last district game Naples lost was at home to Laylee? In 2009, in overtime, and it caused them to miss the playoffs. You know, these kids obviously were 6 and 7 years old when that happened, so I don't expect them to remember that, but I'm sure Bill Kramer remembers that. I expect Naples to be uh, ready for this one.
1: Well, lately they they took a little bit of criticism from us around the office last week for scheduling Lake Wales, which is one of the best teams of any classification in the state. And they scheduled them as their homecoming game. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, why would you do that? Uh, did they mistake Lake Wales for Lake Placid <laughs> or any other Lake team other than Lakeland or Lake Wales? Those, those are probably the teams you don't schedule yeah. for homecoming. But they sh- they acquitted themselves very well against Lake Wales. Um, do they have enough left in the tank for the Coconut Bowl?
2: Well, my question is: Do they have enough offense? Kind of like we talked about Dunbar. You know, this team is led by its defense. Office can be offense can be spotty in its two losses. Lely has only scored three points. They were shut out by a Golden Gate. Obviously, Naples' defense is a lot better than Golden Gate's defense. So. If Laley wants a chance, they're going to have to rely on that defense. They're going to have to keep it low-scoring, hope they get a special teams touchdown or Naples make some mistakes. You know, Naples does have some young uh, skill players. They have made some fumbles, done some silly things on offense at times this year. And we saw Lehigh, a winless team, came in, and their defense played good against Naples and kind of held that offense in check. So Laley's going to have to follow that blueprint.
1: I go back to Laley's opening games against Ida Baker and – Island Coast where they forced a lot of turnovers and capitalized off of mistakes. Is Naples going to make enough mistakes for Lely to stay in this ballgame?
2: It's going to be hard. I mean, I think Naples will make a few mistakes because as we've said, we've seen it. But even when they make offensive mistakes like they did against Lehigh, their defense is just so good at erasing those and their special teams makes over it. You know, Naples offense may score one or two touchdowns like they did against Lehigh, but then they're blocking punts. They're uh getting onside kicks. They're they're pinning folks inside their own ten with their kicking game. They're just a very multifaceted team, so it's gonna be tough for Laley, but I think this will be closer than in years past when their average margin of loss in the past few years for Laley's been over forty points.
1: Next game we're going to talk about staying in Collier County, Golden Gate at Baron Collier.
2: Yeah, Golden Gate got a big win last week against Riverdale. We both picked Golden Gate to win, but for them to win 45-21, to for Golden Gate to put up 45 points, that was very impressive for them, including a defensive score, played well kind of in all facets, and Baron Collier got a pretty good win at uh, Cypress Lake.
1: Yeah, that win over Cypress Lake was pretty big. Cypress Lake was 5-1 and one going in that game and had a pretty lethal offense, and Baron Collier outscored them. I think we've been waiting for Baron Collier to really show – their true potential, and, I mean, that was it. What I really want to see in this game is Golden Gate. They're going from playing defense against a single wing team in Riverdale to a, probably a multiple spread offense in yeah, yeah. Baron, Baron Collier. That's tough to make that transition in terms of preparation.
2: But I will say Golden Gate has perhaps the best defensive back, at least by the numbers. I shouldn't say the best, but one of the best in Southwest Florida, Ryan Magel has, what, nine interceptions? Nine
1: interceptions in, what, six games? Seven games?
2: Six, seven games. How is,
1: I don't I don't see how that's possible. Man, it's that's pretty crazy. good. It, uh, good good for you, Ryan. Well, he's I a mean, former it, quarterback. He
2: just knows where the ball's going, where it's going to be. Baron Collier's offense did look, obviously, a lot better last week than it did against Naples when it had the two touchdowns. This is a district game. Two teams hoping to fight for a you know at-large berth, and that district is the word I was looking for. So I think it'll be close.
1: Well, that's going to do it for the second segment of the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. No coaches interview this week, so you get to listen to Adam Fisher and I just talk and talk and talk and uh, make predictions in the next segment.
0: For the most in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to NaplesNews.com and News-Press.com. Follow us on Instagram at NewsPressSports and NDN Zone. On Twitter, NPHS Sports and ndn underscore Prep Zone, or download our apps.
1: welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. And it's my favorite segment of the week. It's the pick segment where we tell you who's going to win or. More importantly, I tell you who's going to win <laughs> <laughs> because I am fifty-two and eighteen on the season after going eight and two last week, and Adam Fisher is forty-one and twenty-nine. That's an eleven-game lead I have. That is, and
2: I actually just stopped and looked at your record. That's pretty impressive. I don't want to give you too much credit. Uh, I'd rather just wallow in my own sorrow over here. But uh, fifty-two and eighteen—that's solid. Out of, out of seventy games, you got fifty-two
1: right. I'm, I'm impressed. Thank you. Thank you. So, like I said, listen to me if you want to f- know who's going to win. True.
2: But listen, guys, all right, you know, it reminds me of last week I was talking to a Gulf Coast coach, Tom Scalise, talking about his freshman quarterback. He said he he throws a lot of picks. He's young, but he's, he's kind of that riverboat gambler. You know, I want a quarterback that's going to take some chances, you know, because a lot of kids will be too timid and they won't get that big play. You know, I, that's me. I'm the gambler here. You know, you got to bet big to win big. You know, money? Scared money don't make no money oh, yeah. is what I'm telling you.
1: Well, I almost feel bad for our listeners who are going out to the games on Friday because I'm just giving out spoilers all day.
2: (laughs) You don't even need to go to the games. Yeah, just listen to that, mark it down, call it good. Uh, I think we have some pretty close ones this week. Like I said, we're going to let Regan pick first since he's got the uh, home field advantage here. Dunbar at North Fort Myers, we already broke it down. Is this going to be close? Who's going to win? What are your thoughts?
1: Yes, this is going to be close. It's going to come down to the team that makes that one big mistake, and I think that team's going to be Dunbar. So I'm going to go with the Red Knights of North Fort Myers
2: yeah you know my theory is to pick against you whenever I can, but I really do think North Fort Myers is going to win this so I also will take those red knights and now let's go ring some bells Lehigh at Riverdale who's who's ringing that bell is it good to ring the bell or bad to ring the bell
1: Yes it's a victory bell basically okay, good. Uh, the, the kids just ring the bell like crazy it comes in on a pickup truck after the game and the kids jump on the nice jump <laughs> Where's on the, the back of the front truck. Like, where, I actually don't know the history behind it. I'm sure the news press Where is wrote a it story. Kept,
2: like when it's not? Well, it's the kept at the, at the school of the, oh, the winner. Team, okay.
1: And that team has been Riverdale the last couple oh, of years. Oh, okay. Here so, we go. Does it go back to Lehigh? Yeah, I think it goes back to Lehigh. I think Riverdale just doesn't have it this year. I think this is a big game this, this year, but I think that the team's just regrouping and building for next year. Whereas Lehigh, I think they're chasing a district championship and... We must say that this game is a district game this year. It hasn't been yes. in the past. Both of these teams are in that 7A district. I'm going to go with the Lightning. Yeah, I'd like to
2: go against you, but one of the few Lee County teams I've seen in person is Lehigh, and I was impressed with them despite their record. I had a coach from another district that Lehigh is going to win this just because they're more athletic and fast than the other teams. So I'll take the Lightning as well. Delray Beach, American Heritage at Verro. I know who you're picking. Varro, right?
1: I've gone. I've waffled back and forth. Yeah, I've been. I've been looking at the this game on the screen, and I, I just don't know. The game is at Verro, so I'm going to stick with the home team, mm. who's hosting the team that has to go all the way across the state. Last year, this game was a five to three game. Ooh, it was like the big ba- burner. It was like the two baseball teams played. Yeah, that's right. Um, Verro blocked a field goal at the end of the game to win five three over Heritage. So. I'm going to go with Varro's defense. I think defense matters here. I think that they slow down American Heritage, not all the way, but this Varro offense is going to pick up the slack, and they're going to you know, win this ballgame for the Vikings.
2: Listen, last week I picked against Varro at home, and it looks pretty dumb doing it, so I'm going to go ahead and do it again, baby. Vikings fans already don't like me. I might as well keep them on your side, not mine. I'm going to take American Heritage.
1: That's a smarter pick than last week, picking Mooney. Probably, probably. Lately at Naples, the Coconut Bowl. I'm going with Naples because, you know, Naples.
2: Yeah, Naples is going to get that nut, as I say. That's that's the trophy. It's got a coconut
1: on it. Going to get the nut. Awesome. (laughs) Golden Gate at Baron Collier. I'm going to go with Baron Collier, Mark Jackson. Offense is going to start cooking here. I like the Cougars.
2: Yeah, I do too. This has potential to be a high-scoring game because I don't think either defense is great. Baron Collier can give up some points but I think it'll be in the 20s. Maybe they get to the 30s, but it should be close, but I also take the Cougars.
1: Bonus game this week. Yes. It's not really a game, but does Ryan Magel get an interception? Yes or no, if you pick it right, you get you pick up an extra game.
2: Yes, he does. I will say yes. I mean, I think he might have one in every game, so you're more likely than not to, to be right.
1: I, I think it's a no-lose situation for you. I don't think he's going to get one, but you pick up a game if if he does. Right. Come on, then...
2: Ryan. Get it. And Larry, I know his dad Larry's listening, so – Come on.
1: Immokalee at Palmetto Ridge, a rejuvenated Palmetto Ridge team. Very surprising win last week from them to get their first win of the season.
2: And let's give the Indians credit. They've won two in a row to get back to five hundred. They got a chance to to win some games going, and you're shaking your head. You don't like them? It was you hear ne- that, Immokalee? Adam Regan does not oh, like you.
1: Exactly the opposite. It was never in question whether Immokalee was going to get back to it. I mean— same thing happened last year.
2: Yeah, you're right. Started 0-5, made the playoffs, and won a game. But, dude, I mean, I, t- I tell you what, guys. I cannot over-exaggerate enough how impressed I was with Palmetto Ridge last week. Like, it was, it was just amazing. Looked great. Their defense is so good. I think Immokalee's offense is probably better than Gulf Coast, but not by a whole bunch. And the Ridge is at home, and they're feeling themselves. I'll take the Bears. I was going to take
1: Immokalee anyway. All right. Nice. So, so we got a difference there. Next game, Glades Day at First Baptist. This is one of those games where... If it was a couple of years ago, you'd be like, man, this is a battle of heavy hitters. But Glade's day, looks like they've fallen on some hard times. Uh, They're having trouble scoring this year. And his first Baptist is going to get ranked in the AP poll. I voted voted for him. I
2: voted for him, too. I just sent out a note. You know, all the reporters that vote in the poll send out a note, scouting reports on their teams. And I said, hey, it may be time to give uh, FBA some consideration. At this point of the year, when it, whenever any team is undefeated, I think they deserve consideration, no matter who you're playing.
1: Well, I do the same thing with Bishop Verreau in 3A. And yeah. No one listens to me. They're always yeah. the top-receiving vote team. They might, they might jump in this year. They should. R- this week in 4A. So I'm going to go with First Baptist.
2: Yeah, Glades Day, let's say, traditional 2A power. They've won like five or six uh, state championships in their history. Uh, this is a rematch. First Baptist lost 49-39 to at Glades Day in last year's regional semifinals. Entertaining game. But... First Baptist, yes, they're rolling and they continue to roll. I'll take the lines.
1: Cape Coral at Estero. Someone's gotta win. And Estero did win last week when they won the Jaws and Claws game. Jaws and claws. They beat first year program Benita Springs, which they really had to hold off Benita Springs at the yeah, end of it was that a close game. game. A, a very close game. Cape Coral, they have not been in any close games this season. At Estero, I will take the Wildcats. I'm glad to hear you say that because you know my propensity
2: for picking Cape Coral. and A lot of times it's just kind of a gag. I'm doing it now for fun, but I really do think they'll win this game. Uh, Stereo just hurt way too many injuries. Cape Coral,
1: first victory, baby. Seahawks. And there's a reason I have an 11-game lead in this series. <laughs> South Fort Myers at Island Coast, a district game. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it is pretty fun. It's at Island Coast. Island Coast was improved this year, but I don't really see a win the rest of Island Coast's schedule. It's mm. pretty stacked. They, they end with Charlotte at the end of the year, and they got still got to play uh, North Fort Myers and Dunbar and South Fort Myers. I don't think it's going to go well for the Gators the rest of the way. I'm going to take the Wolf Pack.
2: Uh, so we'll take the Wolf Pack. I did think uh, at the beginning of the year this wouldn't be close, but uh, both teams have kind of surprised me, So, but I still take uh, South Fort Myers on the road.
1: Last game, undefeated Oasis at state-ranked. Tampa-Berkeley Prep. Oasis is going to get a taste of what the playoffs might look like in this game. Berkeley Prep, I think they're number two in the state right now. Oasis has been impressive. Uh, Good offense, Daniel Rennie, quarterback there. But I'm going to take Berkeley Prep to give the Sharks their first loss of the season, and I don't think it's going to be close. Where's this game at? It's at Tampa-Berkeley Prep.
2: How long does it take to get uh, the Tampa-Berkeley Prep from Oasis?
1: It's probably two hours.
2: You know my thoughts. Long bus trip equals an L. I will also take Berkeley Prep at home. But uh, Oasis, you, you're doing good things right now. But it's, it's a tough draw right here. But, uh, yeah, Berkeley Prep.
1: Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. I thank Adam Fisher for joining me and our producer, Andrew Melendez, for making us sound good. And don't forget to go to news-press.com slash sports and naplesnews.com slash prepzone for all your updates on Friday night, scores, Photo galleries, highlights, analysis, all that good stuff. And we'll be back next week.
0: Thanks for listening. Remember the Inside Southwest Florida football podcast will be available for download.